Welcome to the Virgin Active Minds podcast by Virgin Active, where we dive deep into conversations with the best and the brightest minds in the health and well-being world. If you've got questions about health, exercise, or any dimension of well-being, we've got the answers one expert at a time. I'm Mark Cito, your host, because I love all things well-being, from exercise, work, relationships, and going deep inside our minds. I'm here to explore it all with you. This is what they came for. In this episode, I speak to my dear friend and absolute rock star, Alice Scott. Alice discovered Pilates on TV at the tender young age of 16. Fast forward many, many, many years later, and she is now head of Pilates for Virgin Active Australia. Alice says that Pilates gave her the confidence in her abilities that she never knew existed, which spurred on a never-ending journey of Pilates trainings, courses and coaching, plus a science degree and the opportunity to teach overseas. She is a coach that sees the potential in everyone and will have you doing things you never thought possible. She is embracing life as a parent and enjoying the wonders and challenges of raising her two-year-old son with her partner, Miguel. A lover of dirty martinis, perfecting frizz-free curls and booty gains. Join Alice and I as we chat all things Alice Scott, Pilates and finding your tribe. Alice Scott, welcome to the Active Mind Podcast. So great to have you here. How are you? I'm so well, Mark, and I'm so excited to be here, streaming through the interweb. I'm looking forward to jumping into our theme today of uh, finding your tribe, finding your people and the power that has. But firstly, give me and all the listeners a bit of an overview or a dive, deep dive into who Alice is. Mm, I love a good deep dive. So I am a Pilates instructor and I'm living my best life, my dream job with Virgin Active. I'm head of Pilates and I look after all things Pilates in Australia. So that's kind of where most people might know me, but in terms of who I am. So I did a science degree, which is very surprising considering my grades, and I studied applied science naturopathic studies so looked at the holistic ways that we can manage and support health through natural remedies and just different ways and that was so interesting and I absolutely loved it but still my my passion to this day is Pilates. I am a new mum he's just turned two my son Savon but that's probably been the biggest thing you know I'm mid-30s and it's like wow life's different now I'm a mum but I'm me like I still want to have my my life and my work and it's just been a really cool way to see your life in a different perspective and be able to manage this sort of new way of life Um, I'm a Sydney gal and I live in Sydney with my partner Miguel Another little fun fact, I'm a twin. I have a twin brother up in Byron Bay. And if you're partial to a pastry, he's uh, one of the owners of the Bread Social. So every time I go up to see him, it's just like carb heaven. I'm not necessarily a foodie. I just, I love to eat and be with friends and just enjoy life in every kind of way. Well, look, Alice, thank you for that intro into who you are and your life and the beautiful things in your life, which it sounds like there's many. So that brings me straight on to the first question, which is a question that we ask all of our guests. What motivates you to get out of bed in the morning? Well, currently it is that desire for a good, strong coffee. 
which unfortunately is Nescafe. But hey, I'm a fan of it. And I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily avoid sugar, but I wouldn't be someone that adds sugar. But Miguel adds condensed milk to his coffee. And that is, I will wake up and the first thing I'll be is like, mm, yes. And then I have my little Nescafe, a little condensed milk. Here we go. Let's rock and roll. The day has started with Nescafe. <laughs> don't judge me, everyone. But, you know, I think in all seriousness, the sooner I'm up, the sooner it's done. The longer you're in bed, the longer you're going to be turning the wheels of procrastination or talking yourself into some weird narrative. It's just get up and get that Nescafe brewing. The day has started. I love that. You know, it is. Don't procrastinate, right? Just get up and do it because the stuff we've got to get on with today, it's going to be there. Um, so best we get up out of bed, make it happen. So you've mentioned it already. You are the head of Pilates for Virgin Active Australia. You have also training and developing not just those in Australia, but our Pilates teams globally as well, which has been a massive thing to work with you on that over the last, what, six to nine months. Tell us, especially for those that have no idea what Pilates is, what is it? Where did it come from? And how are we doing it today? Mm. Well, I think, you know, Pilates, it is the brainchild of Mr. Joseph Pilates, who didn't actually call his system of exercise Pilates. It was originally called Controlology. And I think to sort of sum it up, you know, Pilates is exercise that focuses on multiple things, multifaceted strength, mobility, body awareness it's very holistic and you know I think what it does for people is it will unlock or allow your abilities to sort of surface so you can experience how your body moves and it has this synergistic effect with breath and mind and how you approach movement but ultimately it's a resistance exercise it it strengthens your body And it does that primarily with body weight. But Joseph Pilates, he was so innovative. He created some of the most incredible apparatus. And if you look at a reformer bed or the wonder chair or the Cadillac, they're just pieces of art or mystery or torture, depending on how you look at it. But he created these these machines to help people move. He's a facilitator of movement. And I think, you know, Pilates was, was born many a decade ago. It's been evolved since he he brought it to life. And it's it's something that, you know, you look back at the, you know, the 1950s, you know, the 1940s and how people were, were moving. And it was really only subject for someone that was a gymnast or a professional athlete. We didn't do exercise. People didn't do exercise. We didn't sign up to a gym. And that's where the word gym gym is derived from, gymnastics. The gymnasium was where gymnasts went to, to practice their drills. And you see a lot of that influence in a few of the Pilates exercises. So it's almost this little way of unlocking your inner gymnast. Sometimes I see Pilates like that. Um, and, you know, just to give you a, a really brief overview of his story, he immigrated to America with his wife, Clara, and they set up shop 
in New York within the same building that housed the New York Ballet. And that sort of blossomed into what we kind of know as Pilates. His original repertoire was blended with this approach of performing arts. And within that, we see a balletic or a dance influence into Pilates. And as it's evolved, it's been heavily studied through exercise science and it's been inserted into physio and rehabilitation, which has really allowed Pilates to be sort of injected into all these areas, whether it's supporting dances, whether it's supporting rehab. But I think now where it's at is everyone has this ability to access Pilates. Like if we zoom into right now, this day and age, Pilates is at your fingertips. There's so many places you can do it. There's so many ways you can do it. If you said reformer Pilates, even like seven years ago, it was still a handful of places. And if we look at, say, Sydney and Australia, it's hugely popular. I guess that brings me to wanting to know how you got started with it, you know, and did you fall in love with it straight away or did it take some time? Well, you know, I sometimes say, like, I'm not your typical Pilates instructor because I think, you know, maybe not so much right now, but when I first started training, most people that were Pilates instructors were ex-dancers. That were generally the people that were doing Pilates, right? Potentially, um, you know, PTs that have been introduced to Pilates through, say, an injury. So when I got introduced to Pilates, I don't have any, like, fancy, amazing story. I first got introduced to Pilates in my lounge room. And I was about 16 at the time. And I got introduced to Pilates via yoga. And I use the term (laughs) yoga loosely because every morning at 6 a.m. there was a like aerobics style version of mind-body exercise. And it kicked it off with yoga. And they would have a 30-minute class. And I started it, not really knowing why I started it, It probably stemmed from the fact that I was a tubby teenager and didn't like aerobics or style. And I started to do yoga and, you know, I liked it and it was like cool. And I learned some really cool things. I'll never forget learning a pose on how to release gas. I was like, wow, this could come in handy somewhere in my life. (laughs) And then I remember flicking through channels one weekend and Sydney Weekender came on and they were reviewing this teeny tiny Pilates studio and I kind of got hold of the term Pilates but I remember the instructor talking about it how she said the benefits was about you know being longer and leaner and posture and I was like "Ooh, what's this cool I want to be skinny maybe this is what I need in my life and I remember thinking oh but I'll never be able to do that because at the end of that segment they listed how you can do it and how much it is and all this jazz and I was like look I'm a 16 year old gal I don't have the funds and I don't have the confidence but on that yoga channel that I was watching every morning they changed it to Pilates and I was legit hooked and I started to notice just subtle changes in my body and it wasn't dramatic but I just was like wow okay things are happening the kindling was lit started to smolder What do you think are some of the misconceptions that are out there about Pilates, which 
you know, kind of encourages people not to come? There are so many barriers put against people to start Pilates. And what's sad is that it's really driven by our industry. I think like we put these barriers up for a lot of people. So when I wanted to become a Pilates instructor, when I was like, you know what, this is something I I could do. I emailed the place I was doing Pilates because they also had a training. And the email I got back was, oh, thank you for your inquiry. Just to let you know, this is the level of education you'll need. Here's a snippet from one of our exams. And it was like six anatomy questions. And it was, you know, name the rotator cuff muscles, what's the origin insertion of this muscle. And it was very like anatomical. And I was like, well, I don't know any of this. Like, no, okay, that's not for me. So straight away, I had a barrier into even thinking of becoming an instructor. And I think when it comes to people wanting to try, there's so many misconceptions that get sort of passed around. And some really common ones are that it's just for for women. It's just like yoga. And there's a misconception on yoga. Oh, it's just laying down and stretching. There's not really a clear definition of, of what Pilates is, and it can be a little bit hard to define, but it's, it's certainly not just laying down and, and breathing. And then when you look at who is the Pilates instructor, when I first started teaching, I didn't look like a Pilates instructor. I did not look 5'10 with super long, lean limbs, but that's what I aspired to. So I didn't see anything that looks like me teaching a class. And I think that's some of the big barriers as well that, you know, for a long time, they'd walk into a class and see a particular body type. So there's these barriers that people have to look a certain way to begin, or they have to have these prerequisites. You have to have a certain amount of flexibility, or it's, I'm not a dancer, so I can't do it because it isn't Pilates for dancers. When you're new to something and you learn a skill, it's not that you have to break down an exercise entirely. You just have to give yourself time to try it and have a crack and like fumble a little bit and just see how, how you go and practice. But there's this notion that you have to start and you have to be really good at it. So I think that can be a really big misconception about Pilates that you have to walk in knowing what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're not welcome which is a massive misconception. It's something that I think we at Virgin Active are are really strongly trying to push out the door and open the door of empowering people and supporting people to journey through Pilates at their own pace and what works best for them. That's what I've loved about what you've brought to this program. You have this whole fearless, anyone's capable, you're all welcome, we are all successful in our own way. For those that do get hooked, what do you think gets them hooked? And do you think they still do other fitness stuff or they just kind of only do Pilates? I think why people get hooked, as you're introduced to Pilates, there are some movements that you can just nail and you feel successful straight off the bat. And I think that taste of being successful is what gets someone hooked. I think that's why it's really important when we have someone that 
comes to the class for the very first time, that the first thing we do isn't ask, have you done Pilates before? It is welcome. How exciting. You're about to start something really cool. And Joseph Pilates speaks on this in his exercise, The Hundreds. And The Hundreds teaches you patience and perseverance. And he talks about when you first begin The Hundreds, which is a an abdominal exercise strengthens the front body muscles. It, it works everything, but that's primarily where, where people associate that exercise. And he says in his book, Return to Life Through Contrology, that you begin at 20, just start at 20, and build up to 100. And I've read that book so many times. It was until recently, I was like, so Pilates, you've done it again. There it is. There's that speak about, you got to start somewhere and there's always that road to progress, not to necessarily perfect. It's to just know that there's challenges along the way, but you manage those challenges. And that's where I think people can get hooked because they can jump into a class and they're able to do something and it can unearth a confidence that some people may not have had. A lot of people begin Pilates or use Pilates as like a supplemental exercise like oh I do Pilates because I do weightlifting or I do Pilates because I do this you may not find many people that just do Pilates they might be doing it as a as an accessory but I think what Pilates does is it builds up that foundation of strength and conditioning and that stability and mobility to then bring you into different ways of training so for me, I was doing Pilates in my lounge room, but I was way too embarrassed to go and do a group class. Like it took me a long time to do any group activities in front of people. What Pilates does is gives that confidence for someone to be like, you know what, maybe I'll try yoga because it's meant to be similar. Or they'll go and do a strength and conditioning class. Like in Virgin, we have our group class, which is, you know, working with weights. And if you do a plank in Pilates, you're going to see a plank in another way of training, whether it's grid, whether it's in a PT session. So I think people can start to see Pilates in other ways of training, which makes people excited to step out and, and explore. And I know you've mentioned Savon, your little boy. Um, and how would you say Pilates and your fitness journey has had an effect on how you show up as a mom? Definitely. It is like my therapy. It is my, like my time, but how Pilates makes me show up as a mom is I can just be a little bit more grounded. Pilates can definitely force you just to stop, listen, be self-aware. You've got nothing else to focus about except you. And that's really important because then I am a happier person. There's still things in Pilates that I'm still learning. Like, I'm still trying to land my control balance dismount. It's still something, there's still things that I'm trying to get better at and I don't think that will ever stop, but it's just going into Pilates with a, quite a lot of knowledge so I don't have to overthink where does my leg need to be, where does my arm need to be. That's all ingrained in my movement patterns now. So I just feel like I'm, I'm swimming, I'm just dancing, I'm just moving. And the flow and effect of that is phenomenal, what it does for our hormones, our mental health. It's, 
it's really important, I think, um, for me as a mum to, to t- make that commitment. I, I like what you said there about, um, you know, you're still learning with Pilates. Even as the head of Pilates for Australia, you're still learning. Like Pilates is a forever practice. You know, there's no end. It's not like, okay, Pilates done. I'm finished now. Like there is no finish. And Joseph said that, right? Like this is a, you know, here's your repertoire and you do this for the rest of your life. Um, And I think that's a nice link that you've made on, you know, being a student, being challenged, that continued growth and what that does for us physically, but then how the positive effects of that show up in our relationships, right? You with your son and I imagine also with Miguel. And Miguel is a professional athlete as well. He's a beast. How do you guys motivate each other on this journey as parents? You know, it's funny. Like, yeah, Miguel, he is an athlete, right? So we come from very different backgrounds. I came first place in my kindergarten fun run sprint. And I'm very proud of that moment where Miguel's, you know, fought and represented Ireland, Australia, Angola in boxing. And his approach to training is very serious. It's you work hard, but for him, that's his absolute joy. And I see exercise a little differently. I think my motivation, and let's not get it twisted, I do want to feel really good in my body. So I feel like training, you know, keeps things tight, you know, keeps things a little right. And I'm like, okay, cool. I feel good. It sort of finds my yumminess. I'm like, hmm. But it also mentally shakes away residual stress and it kind of gets me in a, in a happier, you know, you're, you're buzzing with those endorphins. But for Miguel, boxing and sport and fitness has been a way out through tough times. And it's, something that is with him forever and it's with me forever but we I think we have different motivations behind it but what's interesting though is we train well together but we also can fight like cats and dogs when we train so when I first started my Pilates training in sort of the early 2000s there was a lot of notion of you will get injured if you do something that's not in a certain alignment it will you'll be injured so I'm coming into this training session feeling like number one I know more than Miguel and that I'm going to get injured and he's like come on skip 30 seconds I'm like oh my god I'm gonna like bust a plantar fasciitis like no my piriformis is gonna explode oh my god my wrist I'm gonna get carpal tunnel from all this skipping but I'll never forget one thing was he said okay I want you to jump onto like a box like maybe three feet was not high and I was like no I can't do it he's like what you can't jump I said no 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 I can't no, no I'm gonna fall I'm gonna graze my shins not totally talk myself out of it Miguel was probably thinking gosh this is a punish but he pulled out his gym bag which is probably what 30 40 centimeters high and he said okay jump over that I can't Miguel I can't I can't jump over that bag and he was so patient with me and he's like no you can do it just jump over and I remember hopping like, oh, <laughs> something over this bag. And it taught me like the power of your own narrative is really important. If you say you can't do it, you will find a way not to do it. When I get to moments where I think, no, nah, I can't do it. It's all too hard. I'd rather just stay in bed. It is, okay, get up, get it happening, get it moving you can do it. 
even if it's not fabulous, just attempt it. And that is a beautiful little segue as we start to dive into this idea of finding your tribe, especially, you know, the story of you and Miguel uh, and what he has helped to illuminate for you. You know, this importance of having a support system and it could be a partner, it could be friends, it could be other family, it could be just the other people in the Pilates class that you've never met. So what does tribe mean to you? I feel like with, you know, my my tribe, I have many a tribe and I feel like that's what works for me, having those network of support, people that you can call upon. And it's not one size fits all, right? Like you've got, you're born into your tribe, you've got your family and you come to family for certain things and there's some things you do not come to your family for. But then you've got your tribe that you've evolved with over your life you'll hang on to those few close friends from primary school, high school, and then you can make the most solid connections through the most unlikely places. I've got some amazing friends that were members and colleagues, and I think that's what it's about, finding people that not just make you feel good, but bring out your best qualities. If I was to pull it back, I think my my first, feeling of like, okay, this is where I'm meant to be and these are the people I'm meant to be around would be when I first started Pilates and when I first went to class and I felt, I didn't feel anxious. I didn't feel nervous. It was this unspoken connection that I felt that I could go in and enjoy doing Pilates and not feel intimidated or out of my depth. And, you know, as, as the kind of years went on, so to speak, I definitely found my tribe with some amazing friends that I've kind of gathered along the way. Just so lucky in the Pilates industry to be with some amazing people, whether they teach Pilates or not, you just move within circles of people that are open-minded, have a willingness to try something, and that willingness serves on change it it stops you being stagnant and stale it is that little bit of fire in your belly those people winning within your tribe can really inspire you so to do better or to to make these huge improvements but just to keep it moving to keep consistent not to get too lazy and throw your hands up and be like well this is my life and that's it I'm too old to do anything new they keep you on your toes and tribes change right tribes themselves change or you change tribes have you had any experiences with that and what you know what's happened what what have you learned from those changes yeah totally I think you know maybe when I when I first started in the industry I was definitely within a tribe where it was movement is important and it's really important to exercise but there is also this really important thing about exercise and you'll get injured and it's about not injuring people and that was where my tribe was right it was kind of I'm going to make you move but I'm also going to tell you all the horrible things that could happen to you when you move have fun everyone what a wonderful way to to move but I think you evolve out of tribes when you start to evolve and you start to think a little bit more critically and question things a bit so I'm happy to say that I learned a lot 
from all the tribes that I've maybe pulled away from, you know, it could be like those toxic friends in high school that maybe didn't have your best interests at heart. They would maybe steer you away from positivity and, you know, tempt you with the naughty things in life when you do it and you realize, hey, you know what, if I actually put my mind to it in those years, I could have done this or that. But hindsight's a, a wonderful thing and you sometimes have to take on the lessons learned but also be okay with acknowledging that that was then and this is now and I'm okay if I don't have an ongoing relationship with that person because it didn't serve me. I think that's nice, that acknowledgement of, you know, the learning for then, uh, the learning being part of that tribe or that group, um, but also the learning in it ending. What's the the most positive change you've made by being part of a tribe or, you know, being part of these tribes you're part of now? I think the most positive thing for me is discovering self-worth and accepting myself. Jeez, the things that I've wished that I was different. Like I remember wishing my hair was straight. Why can't it be straight? Why do I have thick quads? and a booty for me that that positive change is when you relate with someone that's speaking their truth and it resonates with you that's what I think but I've been too scared to say there's an incredible instructor located in the states in Nola Mayberg and I remember hearing about her through breathe education and I checked her out and it blew my mind because she she self-admits I'm not a typical Pilates instructor she's just an awesome human being and she's a big believer in just getting people to move why do we have to make people feel so scared to move and let's not label what people should look like to teach a Pilates class I remember when I first started teaching word got back that someone was like oh Alice is teaching Pilates oh doesn't look like a Pilates instructor and that was like taking a gunshot because I was like, yeah, I don't look like a Pilates instructor. She's right. She like called out my worst fear. Like I don't look like any of the teacher trainers that I had. I don't look like any of the instructors that I've gone to class. I don't like any of the peeps that are on the DVDs. And I think that's what kind of holds people back and having that positive change of being free of judgment and having this veil of you can't to, yeah, you can. And we're here to support you. That's what is the most positive thing about finding people, whether they're education providers, whether they're fellow colleagues, people that want to make you shine bright like a diamond. That is beautiful. We're not ending the podcast right now, but that would be such a beautiful ending. But yeah, I guess the power of self-belief and having those around you support that is just incredibly powerful. It brings me to my next question. You know, what do you think about do we all need a tribe? And if we do, how do we find these people? Yeah, definitely. Where people find tribes these days, in modern days, where we're very much disconnected, our worlds have changed. We're not in the offices anymore as much. But I think that really brought to surface how much we need people. And I just look at how when I step into a class, I feel like a school teacher. I'm like, Shh, settle down, everyone. Stop the chit-chat. Because there's people that don't know anyone, but they've come into a place where it's 
friendly, it's welcoming and we're moving and we're having fun and we dive into the beautiful aspects of Pilates. We bring up the challenges of what an exercise can create and that fire and that burn. But then we also have a laugh and there's this social element. So I think when someone wants to find a tribe, heading into a class is amazing or studying. There's members that have come up to me just like I was and they're like, oh, I've been been thinking about becoming a Pilates instructor. Like, "Mm, you know, what do you think? And it's like, do it. Absolutely do it. And they step into this world where they now find a new tribe of support and they're changing their whole career or working a corporate job now a Pilates instructor. But I will never forget this story. I was teaching in the city in our Margaret Street Club and we finished class and I love a chat. I always get caught up chatting to members after class, which I think is always a lovely thing. And I would be so late for other things, but I don't care. I always will have time to chat. So we finished the class and it was an athletic class. And then there were two members sitting outside in our pregame area, just the area before you, you head in. And they were just chatting and they're similar age. And then I was, you know, chatting with them and the convo turned on to, to my son, who I think was like six months at the time. We we're chatting, chatting, chatting. And and one member had had a daughter and one member didn't have kids. So we we're talking about kids. And then it kind of evolved into this conversation. And it really, I think, changed the way I look at members because we were talking and a member was like, you know, I really love I really love your classes and I really love this class. It makes me feel so good. You know, I'm at an age where it's really important that I like tone up and keep my muscles. It's really good for my bones. And, you know, it's so hard. And she was talking about the physical aspects, which I'm definitely one that is a motivation for me to work out, right? Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I totally see what you're saying there. And she's like, I really enjoyed it. And then this other member who is very quiet, you wouldn't get a lot from this particular member. She was pleasant but just kind of like nods and smiles and in class she knows Pilates but a lot of people would look at her and be like oh her technique's not great or you know she's not listening she's like come on and they were chatting and, and she was like yeah you know I really like Pilates as well and I said no that's cool and we're having chit chats and she said yeah, you know, it's hard for me to get into these city classes at the moment because I've recently moved. My daughter and I, we, we sold and we, we now live in Campbelltown. And I was like, you drive in just to come to this class? She's like, yeah, yeah. It takes me, you know, a good hour, maybe an hour and a half. And I said, look, I'm so happy that you come and do this class. Like that means so much, but wouldn't it be easier for you just to do Pilates in Campbelltown? I can look around to see what studios maybe I know someone out there working like I'm you know I don't want to push you into another business but I also know that driving from Campbelltown to the city is not necessarily ideal she's like no no it's it's okay I, I really I just love coming here because I I love moving and I really enjoy exercising but I just love being in the class with everybody and me and this other member were like, wow, that's so lovely. And she's like, yeah. And I said, if you don't mind me asking, why did you move to Campbelltown? I went to uni in Campbelltown, so I wasn't throwing any shade at Campbelltown. She said, well, I'm a full-time carer for my, my mother. She's got dementia. So I, we made the decision to move and look after her. She's like, so for me, driving 
you know, it's tough because I know, Alice, you know, you were saying how hard it is to arrange even coming to work with a baby because you have to get babysitter or you have to arrange it with Miguel and it's, you know, you just can't run out the door and run back in. It takes you like an hour to get out of the house. She's like, it's the same for me. You know, I'll have to make sure my daughter is at home to look after my mum. And if not, I might have to arrange for a carer to come just so I can do the class. But I absolutely love it. it it's where I want to be. And it, it just makes me feel so happy for the rest of the day. And I was like, wow, that's incredible that for her, that's her tribe. That's has a moment to just breathe and, and do something for herself and maybe let the stress and the endorphins flow through and have a little Pilates party. But I thought, wouldn't it be a shame if someone went up to her and, and just pointed out all the things she wasn't doing well? You know, we don't really know what mountains members move to come into a class. And I just thought, yep, she's coming in not just to do Pilates, but to be surrounded by people that she feels supported with, that she can have fun with. Even the fact that she could be open and have that conversation with myself and another member. And this member she's never really spoken to before, which is a great, a great thing. So I think where people find tribes, it can definitely be when you're moving your body, for sure. Mm. That's a really, really powerful effect that that has and you know like you just said it doesn't have to be in a Pilates studio it can be anywhere right but um, being surrounded by those people that help to lift you where you feel safe and secure and heard and seen can be life-changing right what's your thoughts on the pursuit of happiness Mm, it's oh it's like dancing with the devil the grass it always seems greener right it's this feeling of you're missing something there's this constant I need to get something that I don't have, which is it's just kind of sad sometimes because it stops you reflecting on what you've got. And it's not about pursuing happiness. I feel like it's more pursuing gratitude and just being constantly reminded that, yeah, like we said before, life is fleeting. Yeah, I guess what I'm hearing and what you're saying, it's like it is that be content with what we have now and where we are now and not on this kind of striving or wishing to be in a place that doesn't exist. We are nearing the end of the podcast. This is a question that I like to ask everyone. What do you want more than anything else in this life? Frizz free curls. (laughs) (laughs) Straight hair? (laughs) No, no. I'm on the curl bandwagon. I'll be like, what's happened to my hair? Why is it going straight? I think, you know, it's so easy to jump into the materialistic things of it all, right? But I think it's just keeping healthy is what I want. I want to be able to keep moving. You know, if I'm waking up and I'm healthy physically, mentally, what more could you really want? Sure, there are other things. Especially brewed espresso would be nice every morning, but that's okay. I've got Nescafe and it's all right. But if I'm healthy... And my family and friends are healthy. It is all good. That's all I need. Beautiful. That is such a lovely way to finish. The pursuit of healthiness is another one. I'm sure Joseph Pilates said that at some point. (laughs) Thank you very much, Alice Scott. It's been so good talking to you. Um, If people want to continue the chat with you, where can they find you? 
Well, they can find me in a club at VA, Virgin Active, or in the more modern world, they can find me on my Instagram. And my handle, as the cool kids say, is Alice Baby Scott. Alice, like Alice in Wonderland, Baby, B-E-B-E, and Scott, as Miguel affectionately calls me, (laughs) S-C-O-T-T. Alice Baby Scott, you can find me there. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure that is also in the show notes, guys, so you don't have to write it down right away. Just check out the notes. Uh, Alice, thank you again for taking the time to chat to us and sharing your wisdom and your experiences. Um, You know, sometimes we are able to learn purely from hearing the stories of others. So I really appreciate your openness and your willingness to share Um, and we look forward to chatting to you again in the future. Thank you, Mark. I can't wait. I hope there's a part two. Thanks so much for pressing play today. I hope you've enjoyed this chat between Alice and I. And if you haven't yet found your Pilates tribe, then come and find Alice and I in club or online. If you're loving this podcast, then please press subscribe and tell all your friends and family to find us at Active Minds by Virgin Active Australia. Until next time, bye for now.